I'm achy today, Cathy. I'm tired. I'm not going to lie. Should I ask why, or is that a difficult question <laughs> to answer? Now, look. <laughs> stop it. Stop. I feel you like we've, you're right. Not... We've got to stop this because we just descend into like carry on gardening. You should <laughs> not. <laughs> oh, I like that. They never did one of those. They should have done carry on gardening. Uh, no, this is a serious podcast about. I mean, who am I kidding? Oh, when does it become serious? Oh, I know. I missed that memo. Definitely not got there yet. Anyway, I'm sorry. My dirty mind. You're achy, are you, Jez? Have you been gardening too much? I am. My body throbbeth. Um, yes, yes, yesterday was a, a whole day in the garden, um, but I loved every second. But it was very rainy. It's still this random kind of weather. Um, uh, and so I had uh, a little bit of time in the greenhouse. And nice. oh, it's like a sanctuary. It's like a temple where I go and pray to the plants or something you lucky thing because i I have a tidy up as well i have a cold frame um Ah. so if i want to a little bit more difficult to get i was going to say i have to kind of crawl (laughs) into it and i can't sit up on my knees if i have to and it has been known for me to have to get right into it to get to the back of the um of the the plants and stuff but that sounds like a bit of a fancy pants cold frame i can't get in my i mean i probably could in a sort of serial killer body disposing-esque style you know proper knees up to the chest fetal you know wrapped in it's a nice one it's about a meter wide and then about a meter and a half Mm. long and it sits over the veg bed which is super useful because it's got soil in it so you can grow a bit over winter but it does mean you have to sort of alice in wonderland rabbit hole into it sure fiddle around with the lettuce leaves you've got a little alice in wonderland-esque thing going on with your hair yeah i'm uh thanks i'm uh channeling my headband look this week (laughs) um but cold frames oh i tell you who i am jealous of you know when you go to a really nice stately home or like a manor house that has gardens or i've noticed that uh monty don we'll call him the don let's he has beautiful cold frames you know the old traditional victorian Mm. brick bottom Big glass panelly thing yeah. up against a wall. Oh, <sighs> super jealous of those. You kind of imagine that there ought to be pineapples growing in them, don't you? Right. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. One day we'll and, aspire to it. And not people scrabbling around in them. Or as well. has been the case with me in the spring that we've just had, particularly having it having been so cold, um, window sills just chock a block. Yeah. With stuff. Yeah. That's the nice thing about having a greenhouse is that you can put it all outside rather than in your spare room and hope nobody comes to stay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, anyway. Okay. Plant people come. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Anyway. What's on the show uh, so today then, Jez? What have we got? Well, it's an exciting show today. I've got somebody who I know you're very jealous of the fact that I got to speak to. Our uh, celebrity guest interview today is Jekka McVicker, oh. Queen of Herbs, the doyenne of dill, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and 400 other uh, herbs. She, you know, she's got 600, approximately 600 herbs that she's growing, 400 of which are available. Isn't that just incredible? She's just amazing. I was when you told me that she was going to be interviewed, you were going to interview her for this uh, episode. Half of me was like, This is brilliant. What a win. She's like a god. And the other half of me was, Damn it. I want to do that interview. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not even going to pretend that I'm not insanely jealous that you got to speak to her. And she was delightful. Of course she was. One of the things I was thinking about, you know, last week I said, or whenever it was, I forget how many where we are with all of this and what we speak about. But, you know, I said, 
we should rock up to one of our guests' place. We should go on a field trip. Yes. Right? Just because they're so lovely and just say, hey, you remember me? I interviewed <laughs> you for that random podcast. <laughs> this is my co-host. We're going to have a sniff around. We've had emails um, about that, by the way. Yeah, we <laughs> What, what, from a solicitor? And I wouldn't go as far as calling them complaints, but yeah. Anyway, so we absolutely cannot do that to Jekka. But but maybe if we asked nicely, bought some I don't know donuts or something, um, wouldn't it, we could do a special edition? Oh, that right? would be so see lovely. Where I'm going with this, right? It'd be lovely, wouldn't it? So so anyway, I've chatted to Vicka, uh, not Vicka. I've, ch- I've chatted to Jekka, and she is adorable and amazing, and you are going to love the interview. But uh, imagine if I, she was a Vicka, by the way. <laughs> Vicka McVicker. Like Anna Greenland. Exactly. Right? <laughs> we should only interview people that have names suitable <laughs> to what they're uh, what they've done. Um uh, and I've got an amazing but very controversial, possibly tricky vegetable of the episode. Oh, I'm not entirely sure. I think this one might trip you up. And I'm not gonna lie, I've done it a little bit on purpose. <laughs> Yes, this I'm really worried about this now because it's going to be something really obscure, like I don't know, kohlrabi or something, isn't it? No, okay, no, good. there's no rabbis in in today's episode. Oh, you can't. Uh, a, a vicar, well, sort of, vicar, but, not, <laughs> but no rabbis. Um, book of the month. I have to say, I've gone a little bit left field again. The book more, of the week. No, you've Jess. asked me. Book of the week. Oh, book of the week. Keep I'm up. Sorry, yes. We're doing it weekly. I know the weeks between when we speak go so slowly that it feels like a month. But Every day. It's weekly. almost in tears. Yeah. It's another yeah. six days before I speak to her. Your book of the week, my darling, then, is... Uh, you've, you've kept it secret from me. I don't know what it is. Mm, it's a little bit left field. And it has made me realise you saying what's on this week's episode has made me think, well, oh, actually... I, I'm a little bit out of control, Cathy. Is, well, I was is going to I... mention it, but we'll come to that later. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but listen, what, what have you been up to? What's your your week, your news for this week? What what funny thing has happened to you this week, if there is anything humorous that happens in that delightful Cotswold-esque life of yours? Well, it's as ever to do with pests this week. Um. I don't know what's happened to the blackbird population of West Oxfordshire in the last week or so, but right. they have become extremely violent. Not with each other, each disappointingly. Other? No, with my oh. bloody vegetables. So oh. in previous years, they haven't been a problem at all. And sure. this year, it's like they've started mining in the soil, which I suppose is good because it means it's full of worms and things. But the downside is that they just, there's great um, cavities in the, yeah. like craters all yep. the way around the veg bed. And that's annoying when it means that they're digging up bits of half grown beetroot and things like that. Sure. So between the mole coming from underneath upwards and yep. the blackbirds coming top down making craters it's uh sure it's pretty frustrating time i've got to say i mean i'm yeah, all for it's... nature and everything but only when it does what i tell it to do <laughs> just restricted exactly yeah. in order nature. exactly quite i like pictures of nature yes <laughs> <laughs> pictures of blackbirds that don't dig things up do you well, have talking a, of do you have blackbirds? yeah i do talking of um vegetables i have what i can only describe as accidental potatoes oh definitely. really I walked past a lovely prepared veg bed. I've got lots of veg beds, as you know. Mm. And because up until uh, recently, this was a spinster's house of one, or I don't know. 
a bit dramatic. More of which later. Uh, yes, absolutely, <laughs> because um, uh, it was just Marley and me. I um, I decided I wasn't going to grow too much this year because there's only one of me. Um, uh, although I do eat for three. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so I was going to put lots of flowers and stuff in. So, you know, one of the manger beds, I put wild poppies in. They look amazing. Lovely. Sort of lovely backdrop against the veg and stuff. And oh. I've sort of dotted about some... Uh, pansies and I, I've got a little area where some borage is going to grow and then I walked past the other day and saw these tufts tufts of green mm. teasing through the soil and I thought that looks like a tatty tuft <laughs> and so I left it a couple of days and let me tell you my plant identification seems to be improving <laughs> because uh, it's potatoes all over the place in this veg bed I thought I'd dug them all up but turns out if you leave them in the ground they come back again. If you leave one, they'll come back very readily. Well, that's really nice that you're going to have some, it, what is they it call. I mean, it, yeah, I'm worried be... that if you don't put like a proper seed potato in, are these ones yeah. going to be lot of half assed potatoes? They or... might be, but they might also be right. really nice. If you've got the space, I'd definitely leave them in. Oh, lovely. When yeah. I worked in market gardens, we used to, like commercial ones, they used to call them volunteer crops. Which I thought was really charming. If something like just yes. accidentally seeded itself, yes. yeah, a volunteer like crop, as if it was going, um, potatoes, yes. anyone? Do you need? Do you need <laughs> me? Shall I just wait here? Here I am. Which I thought was really nice. Well, that is exactly what it feels like. It feels like I've been offered by the vegetable goddesses um, an array of chips. Yeah, they're just telling you to yeah. peel them and fry them. More. So you must do it. I have to admit, actually, I was a little bit naughty this week as well. Uh-oh. Uh, and quite naughty, actually. But oh. I've never done it, and so I wanted to try it because I don't think you can have an opinion about things unless you've got either a lot of knowledge or experience of it. Oh, my God. So, Are you about to tell me you've, like, sprayed some Roundup or something somewhere? <laughs> oh, no. No, it's not that bad. <laughs> oh, good. No, okay. I'm not completely Lord. lost it. <laughs> as the line goes, boo! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kathy? Kathy, where have you Come on then, don't keep us in suspense. What did you do? I'd never do that. I was in the plant wholesalers and they had trays of ready-growing carrots, ready-growing kale and ready-growing, you know, salad and whatever. And I've always grown from seed. Mm. So I thought, you know what, I might just give that a go. They were, because of the wholesaler, that was like £1.75 or something wow. for 12 kale plants. and twelve. So I thought, I'll try that. Cause, oh no, it was broccoli, broccoli, sorry. I eat a lot of broccoli. Mm. Um, protein, slave to the body. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it shows. <laughs> yeah, so I got some little round, I've never had them before, the little round carrots, atlas carrots. Ah. And some broccoli and some mixed... Uh, salad leaves and stuff yeah. just as sort of you know ready yeah. to, to put in never done it before I'm, so we'll try and let you know how it goes I, please do I have to say I'm a real fan of plug plants but it hugely oh. depends where you get them from and I'm yeah. really interested to see how the carrots do because generally carrots don't like root disturbance so they don't replant very well yes. but things like broccoli um, are really good my only caveat with plug plant vegetables is be careful where they come from. So I've yes. got a couple of suppliers. Um, many are available, but um, Delfland Organic do Very some good. amazing plug plants. And they're all yes, from they seeds do. reared, for want of a better term, in the UK, and it's grown in organic yep. soil. Same as yep. Sarah Raven. 
Um, and they are a bit more expensive, but they're sustainably grown, which can sometimes yes. be a problem with those plug plants. But I'm yeah. really interested to see how it goes. Big shout out for Delfland, actually. I've used them. And obviously, as currently, I am still a trustee of the Soil Association. Mm. Um, they are certified by the Soil Association for some of their growing as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah I've, I've really loved Delfland stuff. Um, I did notice as I was transferring one of these plugs, there was a little fertilizer ball in there. Oh. So I picked off as many of those as I could yeah. do. And I thought, mm, okay, you pay for what you get, but we'll see. We'll see. Keep us posted. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yes. Um, so that'd be going on the peg. <clears throat> right. I sort of oh, feel like I'm. Damn it, the peg. Oh, what now? What do you mean, damn it, the peg? I still haven't got one. What? You have not got. I know. Think how you've, far we are through made this series. such a and... big deal of this. I'm taking, still got. I'm taking my time deciding what sort of peg to get. I'll get one by the last episode. <laughs> i tell you what I'm going to do, just for you. You know our Roots, Wings and Other Things merchandise? Our lovely T-shirts, uh, I do merch. indeed. I am going to design a peg T-shirt for you. Yes. And then you don't have to... This nonsense, utter nonsense of... <laughs> Not being able to find a peg. Talk about life priorities. Did you clean your teeth this morning, Cathy? Obviously. Well, then there you go. That's true. There's no excuse for you not to have found the peg. That'll bring me... A T-shirt with a peg would be good because it will bring me a stage closer to actually owning a real <laughs> A real peg. <laughs> and you'll probably still get all the same looks. People going, is that a peg? peg. On your... what? Yeah, it's true. So I can break myself into the weirdness associated with constantly wearing a peg. Good. Thanks, yeah, Jess. Absolutely. That's great. Um, what is your book of the week this week, Cathy? You always choose gorgeous books. I've got a particularly gorgeous one this week. Oh. It's a classic. I've chosen Jane, uh, jo- not Jane Seymour. She's somebody completely different. No, John different. Seymour's The New Complete Book of Self-Sufficiency, a classic guide for realists and dreamers. I am definitely in the latter camp. I, um, I like the fact that, the, that that is probably the most hardest book to write, a book that appeals to both realists and dreamers. Well, if you were a realist and you could do this, you would be a god of gardening. Um it was originally printed in the written in the seventies, in the mid seventies, and even Is if you that old? yeah, and even if you don't know the book itself, you will know the style of illustration. Which, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see uh, yeah. now. It's got a really seventies vibe. It's all illustrated, um, and it's a completely beautiful book. But apart from the graphic element of it, which I really like, and they've added new graphics for the new edition with different uh, okay. illustrators. Is that like a planting guide? That yeah, it's got... That looks great. This is what I love about it. My favourite page is this page, which is a map of how to divide your five acres, which I, which is just... Five I mean, talk acres. about dreamers, yes. So you've got some vegetables, but then you've got a paddock, you've got a grazing paddock, you've got a field of hay... You've got a field of wheat, a field of oats and one of barley. And then you've got a duck pond. Oh. And it's just Oh, it sounds, it sounds darling buds of May, doesn't yeah. it? Beehives, obviously. Obs. Obs. Yeah. Um, and so it goes on with how to do everything from plant your runner beans to take the fleece off a sheep to lambing <laughs> to how to different things you'll need for harvesting you're going to need a pitchfork and a rake and a scythe yes. and all this sort of stuff um and then how to mill your wheat how to make cider oh. and vinegar how to make your bread 
I know. It's for everything from cakes to cauliflower, which I love. See, now, I think that these sorts of books shouldn't be the books of dreamers. And interestingly, the more I read about the ecological concerns, environmental concerns, our nature and um, mental ill health concerns, our um, uh, discourse with nature, our separation from being close to the Mm. land, the soil issues that we've got, yada, yada, yada. The more I'm seeing a gentle trend back towards genuine self-sufficiency. Yeah. Um, You know, that pre-war into post-war save, make, do, amend uh, farming was small-scale farming, as in every farmer would have an insurance policy. Mm. You'd grow, you know, you'd have some sheep, uh, perhaps some pigs or one or the other, maybe cows, uh, definitely some chickens for eggs, possibly a bit of meat um, and different crops. And that sort of trickled down to individuals. You know, whatever space you had, front or back garden, you'd use to grow your own fruit and veg or whatever. And while I've always done that as a bit of cutesy thing, those books like that... yeah. Could, can literally be a manual. You don't have to adopt the whole thing, do you? You could stay where you are, but to grow a bit of herbs, to eat seasonally, to grow a bit of veg, they tell you how to do it. I completely they? agree. And actually, just re- I have this book by my bedside, and just oh. reading it makes you feel closer to nature. Sure, the chapter on sure. the dairy. There's one bit that always makes me laugh that I have to show you, is the chapter called pests fungus and diseases and it's got this hilarious picture of likely pests funguses and diseases that you will find in your garden Um, and i love that top of the list is children (laughs) (laughs) don't let them play on the outside if they're going to trample on your crops but then you might also have along with children moles and wood pigeons and mice yeah those three together (laughs) So I just think quite priorities are right. Anyway, Stuff of it's, nightmares. A, it's a total classic um, and it's been updated for our modern times. Oh, um, has it? Without losing its, without losing its um, charm. Its charm, that's exactly the word. So it's, it's published by Dawn and Kindersley and it's called um, The New Complete Book of Self-Sufficiency. Whether you're a realist or a dreamer, I definitely recommend it. Oh, that sounds delightful. Mm. I've got a similar... Um, book that was written by somebody, uh, gosh, I can't forget, remember his name now, but um, that was the book I think we've spoken about before with the whole beehive thing mm. and the, his stance was, you know, I don't want to disturb the bees, I'm just going to leave them and I fundamentally pushed back on that. Yeah. Said, you know, if you're going to keep livestock and it's your choice, it's your responsibility um, to make sure that they are free of diseases and pests and you prevent as much as possible. Um, and if that doesn't sit well with you ethically, then don't keep them. Don't mm. have livestock. There's plenty of fruit, veg, crops, etc. that you can eat. And you know what? Just the other day, the, the now not single shopping routine, and I said to said person, <laughs> I just need to find out how I'm going to start talking about this person. Um, so I, uh, there was a reach for some Brussels sprouts that were on sale in Tesco's, a pound a pack. And I said... Brussels sprouts. That's all wrong totally at this time the of year. Wrong time. I said, well, they can't be from here. And they were from Morocco. And I thought, this is insane. Like, we're growing Brussels sprouts in Morocco, shipping them over here. And it suddenly something clicked. I'm not going to lie, Kathy. I've been doing this for four years since I moved to the farm. And obviously, I spent two years converting to become soil association organic. Um, I've done a big journey in terms of investing time, thought and effort into mm. what I grow, how I grow, environmental consciousness, etc., etc. But it's only just now, I won't 
I'm not afraid to admit that I sort of get it now. I sort of, there's just something that shifted. Now I've sort of dabbled a bit and had a little go and practiced and I suddenly feel like actually I don't need raspberries in February. I don't want to eat Brussels sprouts in June. I yeah. want to eat seasonally because yeah. I can go to my garden and my garden tells me what's right right now. Yeah. Because if you're buying a tomato in January, then that tomato is going to taste of water and be basically a waste of money because it's been forced somewhere or pumped full of or thro- flown somewhere. And you, I just think, you know, we have to be a bit careful and self-check sometimes. Yeah. We don't ask ourselves enough questions about who we are. And I don't think you can bang the environment drum and, you know, do your recycling and wash your yoghurt pots and stuff out and separate your your recycling and harp on about, I don't know, electricity coming from renewable sources or whatever. If you then go and buy stuff from the supermarket that is A, covered in plastic, sometimes you don't get a choice, admittedly, but B, is from... Morocco or Spain or Africa or you know do you know what I mean I do know what you mean and fundamentally I do agree with you I think there's a couple of complicating factors one is that you and I are in a very lucky position to be able to make that choice rather than just go it's something green it's a quid I'm in yes um so that come the the privilege of that position it makes it makes it difficult to be judgmental about people's choices when they buy stuff that isn't seasonal i think but, yes but also but, but you so. can buy seasonally without it being you know you don't need a garden at all in order to buy seasonally mm. though, do you that that's my point it's is true. that you don't have to the difference is that it's taken me to have the garden yes and taken me to have the uh, ability to grow and work out what grows and when it grows yeah. and get into that rhythm to realise just how discordant it is to buy a pack of Brussels sprouts in June. It is certainly. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. And without that connection, you might not, you know, you just readily go into the supermarket and think, oh, yummy, yes, I like those, I'll grab those. Definitely. But maybe those books like you suggested help us to learn what is right for right now. Yeah. And even if you live... You know, really, if money is a real challenge and, you know, food banks, for example, are something that you're needing right now to help support your nourishment and your family's food, that, you know, it isn't... I think it's really important that you consider that there are... You still have a choice as to what you eat Mm. broadly. Mm. You you might not be able to afford a free-range organic chicken, absolutely, but it's it changes entirely what you taste and the flavours that you enjoy when you eat seasonally. Yeah, I do really agree. Yeah, it's interesting, um, isn't it? Shout yeah. out, by the way, to Whitney Food Bank, where I work, who are doing a sterling job over the last year in yeah, trying times. It's really interesting to see yeah. how busy it's been. But Anyway, we di- we digress massively. How did we get from Brussels to Book of the Week to Brussels sprouts to food banks anyway? <laughs> well... Back to Book of the Week, which is a random one. Now, usually you tell me what it's going to be. I feel like after you've <laughs> told us what it is, we're probably going to need to have a chat about how your choices are a little bit random. Go on well, then, come on. I mean, you've always done really well with beautiful books and I have hundreds of, in fact, thousands actually of books. I collect them. 
of all sorts of and I thought well maybe I could go to my autobiography section maybe there'd be a nice autobiography and there are a couple of things I might drop in but then I found this one today and I just and it, it does have relevance to today's podcast mm-hmm. it's got relevance to what we're talking about do you know the book 50 shades of grey Kathy I've heard of it <laughs> so it's a racy little number I've not read it uh, I did watch the film um mistakenly with mother um and it was not the film either of us thought it was going to be let's put it that way oh my um, word. but i found this book 50 sheds of gray <laughs> and and 50 sheds of gray is erotica for the not too modern male um which i had issues with because not just men have sheds well but i quite agree skip over that it's, yeah. it's of a time but to be fair it was published in 2012 <laughs> Let's when gloss over the casual <laughs> sexism yes yes and i'd just like to read you the opening part of the book which sets the tone mr gray i keep telling you olivia call me colin mr gray sounds so formal now what is it there's someone down here in the lobby mr gray she says she needs to see you she says it's urgent i bite my lip pensively she It must be a woman. What's her name? Does she have an appointment? No, Mr. Gray, and she won't tell me her name, but she's very insistent. She says she knows you. I gaze out of the 20th floor window at the vast, sprawling metropolis from behind my vast, sprawling desk and frown. (laughs) Who could it be? (laughs) Anyway, it goes on and on. Who is it? Who is it? (laughs) I'm not going to tell you. You have to buy the book. Um, But there's some gorgeous, just black and white. If you look on YouTube, uh, come check us out at the Roots Wings and Other Things channel at both Kathy's and my YouTube channels. And they're just gorgeous black and white stunning photographs of different sheds from around the world in really random, unusual places and lovely little sort of vignettes inside, like, uh, you know, the old That is a classic cracker. They're beautiful yeah. as well. Okay, so I take it back because I would have said I was ready to have a chat with you about how random your choices had been this series and um that is random but it's also genius i really like it it says this is a class it sums it up right i've just flicked to a random page with a really lovely um picture of a real sort of macro shot of a rusty chain mm, holding nice. a um you know holding a shed door shut and the caption is Ever since she read that book, I've had to buy all kinds of ropes, chains and shackles. She still manages to get into the shed, though. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought because we've had some fairly thoughtful, uh, investing books so far, you know, as gorgeous as the books are, sometimes they are, you know, emotionally and and, uh, knowledgeably, you have to sort of invest in the idea of all cooking with herbs or, you know, uh, cooking with veg or, I don't know, self-sufficiency. I thought, you know what, a fun, quick, easy, silly little, it'd make a lovely little gift for somebody. It's only £9.99, published by Box Tree. Box Tree, excellent. We shall shall put aside its, uh, what I'm now deciding is fairly rampant sexism rather than just casual sexism, because it is quite funny, but... I would. I like that noted for the record. Good choice. <laughs> it's been minuted, Miss Jones. Thank you very much. <laughs> Do you think we should have a little jingle for vegetable of the episode, like a little, you know, musical number? Definitely. I've been feeling like we're lacking jingles generally. I think that would be a good thing. I could play one because you can carve a carrot, can't you? So that it's a flute or a recorder. 
Tune in next week to listen to that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, could, I, I could do the... the uh, What's a carrot? Is that technically woodwind? Fruitwind? Vegwind. We've all had vegwind. That's back to the Brussels <laughs> <Yeah>. sprouts again. <laughs> I think vegwind. Yeah, next week. <laughs> so if I if I back you up on vegwind, you can sing. Oh, oh no, now. No? I think we should all move right. swiftly on. We should have a jingle for um, our guest interview as well. Yes, that's a good idea. Mm. Yes. Gosh, just when you think you've got all the substance, you suddenly realise you're lacking. Massively. It's like having a least favourite aunt over just to pick apart your life. Um. (laughs) Tell us about this week's guest, she says through gritted teeth with terrible jealousy. (laughs) Jekka McVicker. And Jekka McVicker is best known for her herbs. She has won, did you know, no less than 14 gold medals at Chelsea. Uh, She has... She was... On the board at the RHS, she won an award by the RHS for being the wonderful woman that she is. She is the Wonder Woman of Willow, the Doyenne of Dill, the Horatio Nelson of the Herb Patch. She's the Titiana of the Time. Stop, stop. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> so Jacka owns a herb farm, the very first Herbetum um, up at... Um, Actually, I don't know where she is. Oh, near, near Bristol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, this is the most gorgeous story. I'm not going to tell you because she explains it much better than I do. Um, I got an immediate sense of a genuine passion that's been instilled by her mum. She'll tell you the story uh, in a second. But this sense of a woman, of a person who just loved what she did, but had an inordinate amount of experience. She brings so much knowledge from practically doing and is a real inspiration because she gives insight into some of the challenges and struggles of, at times, raising her two young kids on her own while her husband was at work. He had a really amazing job. She sort of mentions that as well. Um, Whilst building this herb growing business up, because I didn't know, because I'm too young, I guess, that at one point in this country, you couldn't really get fresh herbs. They weren't available. Um, you certainly couldn't get them in the supermarket and she was growing things that were so unusual and there was a, a chef on TV who mentioned French tarragon French tarragon could you get you could get not uh, and Fortnum and Mason was one of her first customers because of that very reason so amazing should we take a listen I think we should and I can only apologize Kathy that it's only about 25 minutes because that's how long we allocate I absolutely could have done this for hours the wonderful the amazing the gorgeous. Jekka McVicker. I know for sure that Kathy, my co-host, is very jealous that we're having this conversation today because as a as a cook, she trained as a cook and is a food writer. Obviously, she's got a little professional vested interest in wanting to talk to you, but I chose the Jekka straw today, so <laughs> so I get to talk to you. Um, but before I get to some of the really interesting stuff, I just wanted to, for the benefit of all of our listeners, and we have uh, listeners all over the world, it's very joyful and we're very, very flattered by that. If they're not overly familiar with your work or you, I wanted to go right back a little bit real quick. So so why Herbs, Jekka? Because it's so particular and you seem to be one of very few people that has chosen, you know, Herbs as their passion and their speciality. How on earth did you get into it? Um, I grew up with it. It's as simple as that. <laughs> my, my 
remember I'm a child um, born in the 50s and my mum still had the the garden that was literally we lived off the garden and it was a small wow. back garden and we would she would be making jams and chutneys and bottling and unbottling and preserving all year round and herbs were her key thing so before I went to school I knew the difference between French parsley and curly parsley apple mint and spearmint um wow. chervil and dill and so she would send me out to pick and my treat was on Sundays um, at this time of year would be to kneel on a chair mm-hmm, uh, <laughs> with her sharp knives chopping the mint. And that's how I grew up. And herbs were how to make a simple meal mm. go a hundred times further. So yeah. via my stomach, I had a, <laughs> a herb garden when I first got married, obviously, in my back garden in Filton, where I made you know all our meals using herbs. Yeah, yeah. And a girlfriend of mine came in, my children were one and two, and said, hey, can I have some French tarragon? I'm doing an Elizabeth David recipe. For those that don't know, Elizabeth David <laughs> was really one of the sort of leading lights of cookery books. But my grandmother wrote cookery books before that, by the way. She wrote, wrote books about how you, oh, to wow. use your war rations. And her, um, she wrote lovely food, more lovely food, and food for pleasure. Gosh. And so f- cooking food, uh, part of my life. And as I say, this girlfriend burst into the house and said, I'm doing Elizabeth David, can I have some of your French tarragon? I said, yes, go and help yourself. My husband was abroad. He was He's a spacecraft engineer. He was um, launching a satellite from French Guiana. And I was at home on my own with the one and two-year-old. I thought, I can grow herbs. <laughs> and then you can't get herbs. You could not buy. <laughs> in those days, in the 1980s, beginning of the 1980s, you could not buy fresh herbs anywhere. Wow. Occasionally, the garden centres would have a few, like parsley, sure. sage and thyme, sure. but not French tarragon. And... So when my darling husband got back, um, we had been married 45 (laughs) years in June this year. Um, When he got back from French Guiana, um, I had converted the wardrobes into cold frames and he had a rack for his suits. Um, And the children were crawling around in the middle of all these orders. I'd gone around all the local shops and got them to buy herbs. I bought the... Veg man's van, and somehow or other, um, Fortnum and Masons heard that we did fresh herbs. So I used to strap the babies in the in the van and drive to London with wow. French tarragon. Wow. And I've got a picture of myself at Fortnum and Masons, um, <laughs> at one of their private evenings. So that was really my first major customer, and so my poor husband. Announced after a few months of me doing all these orders and delivering stuff and so on, either you quit or we move. Um, we moved wow. and we've been wow. here thirty five plus years. And he's still your husband. He's still yeah, forty six <laughs> years, mate. This June forty no forty five years this June. Not bad, eh? Wow. So it's, it's got something to do with the herbs. <laughs> it must do. <laughs> must do. But I tell you what, though. I mean, yeah. All joking apart, he if he hadn't worked full-time to begin with, there's no sure. way we would have managed to do the herb farm. 
Then he got made redundant, and luckily we were big enough then, and he joined the business full-time. We don't work together, I may stress. He works on structure and finance, and I work Uh on plants. Lovely. So we we don't see each other all the time. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) That's a joyful story. I mean, just A, without any hint of irony or without wanting to sound too twee, it's beautifully organic as a story. Um, you know, your your history, but also there's just that familial passion that you're effectively, uh, you're passing on, aren't you? You're carrying on from your mother's influence and, and you as oh, a totally. child, that genuine to- passion. To- totally. And it was all about good food and not having sure. additives. And it's so funny. Here we hear on the news today, was it yesterday? You know, not to have additives, eat a healthy diet, you know, yeah. without any additives. And I was just thinking, gosh, it's... Mum, you see, would not cook with any other butter than unsalted butter because uh-huh. she said you can add salt, but you can't take it away. Now, hang yeah. on. I know that you're recording, but there's a dog at the door. Oh, and if lovely. we don't, Cute. it'll woof. Hang on. Oh, perfect. Come on, All for allowing you dogs in. <laughs> Come in quick and be quiet. Yeah, all right. Good girl. Well, if you could see that, she's a huge golden retriever. Oh, Her name's Tansy. Tanisetum vulgar. Common, common old pansy. <laughs> uh, wow. Yes, yeah, so, well. so, but, but, yeah. Where was I with all the herbs? Yeah, it is. It is fascinating, isn't it? I, I started with chervil and French tarragon and dill, which the public didn't have in those okay. days. Sure. And now I grow what six hundred different herbs. Coming and the, well, we'll get to the quantity in a second. But the ones that you started with presumably were from literally quote unquote mother stock, were they? So, so they were your well, the French tarragon was yes. I mean, you could buy you could buy the seed of dill and and chervil. Yes. Um, the there wasn't anything online. There was no mobile phone. Of course, yes. Just yeah. actually think of all that, and there was no herbs in supermarkets. Amazing. And um, I mean, I uh, suppose one of the biggest challenges back then, but presumably today too, even for a commercial grower, is is supply and demand, right? I mean, because you, you know, the they, these things are they're uh, well, sure, and weather, yeah, because they're the growing weather. all the time, right? But or, or not growing with the weather, or well, is, this is, is the coldest year. Uh, I've kept temperatures um, oh. ever since I started. Yes, uh, of being on this site and. I can't tell you, this is by far the coldest April I've had, by far mm. the coldest May. Wow. Um, and it's fascinating. We were 4.9 the other night, um, last night before last, in one of the tunnels here. Gosh. I mean, that's wow. unheard that's of cold, for May. May. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and it's May. We haven't been in double figures yet at night. I'm wow. in the West Country, no, I'm just north of Bristol. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, So it's it's really quite tough at the moment. But hey, that's that's I can be any good gardener. You, yeah, well, absolutely, yeah, for, for anything. I mean, certainly other guests that we've been talking to about, you know, plants and shrubs and, uh, uh, and if you've got your own garden, you'll certainly be seeing that as well. That the and you'll be moaning. Here. And you'll yes. be moaning like any farmer. Of yeah. course. Yeah. It goes with the territory. <laughs> um, so how many herbs are you growing now? How many are available from Jekka's Herb Farm? At this present day, I would have said three quarters of what I grow, no, a bit more, is is available. So that means I've got 
from mint to basil to lemongrass to cardamom to the oyster leaf to uh, parsley, sage, rosemary, thyme. Um, I've just sold out of Wild Rocket, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, you were so right in the beginning. How do you tell which is going to be the herb of the year? Mm. And you always get it wrong. I'll never huh. forget, ever, when Delia Smith mentioned coriander for the first time on television. Yeah. I potted, hand-potted thousands of coriander for the garden wow. centres that we were supplying in those yes. days. And I couldn't stand the smell of it on my hands. Couldn't oh, really? I mean, it really churned my stomach. I've only <laughs> just been able to start eating it. Um, because, wow. Yeah, because if you think about it, it just sticks to your hands. That scent, oh, even now, this country is up coriander. in my head. Yeah, but but you didn't handle thousands of it. <laughs> like working in a chocolate factory, nobody eats chocolate. Yeah. Exactly, exactly that. Yeah, but it's been it's been. If you think about it, okay. So there was I in my back garden. We then did the good life. We moved from a very comfy, semi-detached, into a totally derelict cottage, hmm. a mobile home where I'm sitting today. In it's still in the same mobile home. We moved into that with the two tinies. They were then, uh, one just started school, four and three. And the cottage was totally derelict. And before we arrived, someone had vandalised it inside. Oh, no. So we had no stairs. Um, so we had to do the cottage to make it habitable. That took about nearly two years of living in the Gosh. caravan. Never yeah. had such chillblains. And then <laughs> at the same time, we had two single tunnels. And so when Mac wasn't here, um, I would go off and do the deliveries to all the garden centres. And slowly mm -hmm. my staff built up over time. And uh, we then hit a summer, 1992. It was very hot. And all, none of my wholesale nurseries would buy you know, the garden centres would buy my herbs in the summer because it was too hot. The public oh, wow. had stopped buying. So I was there with all this stock thinking, oh, my oh, goodness, gosh. what am I going to do? Yeah, sure. Well, one, I started eating the flowers of the salad rocket and thought, wow, this tastes amazing. Huh. And I, I then subsequently wrote a book called Good Enough to Eat, which is all about eating flowers, which was a bit early before it became trendy. Yes. Then, um, yeah, everything I've done is a bit before time. Then um, I went and moaned at um, another nursery I knew, and um, his name was Noel Kingsbury. He's now Dr. Noel Kingsbury. And he had a nursery, and he said, oh, stop moaning, Jacob. Go in and exhibit at the RHS. And I thought to myself, wow. I mean, you don't just rock up to the RHS, do you? <laughs> well, apparently. Um, well, because you know my past, don't you? You know, oh, no, I was no. I was in a heavy progressive rock band. So, oh, well, of course you were. <laughs> and I I played at the very first Glastonbury on the very first, very very first one before wow. Michael had built the stage. Um, we were the first group on, and um, yeah, so I, I really was a rock chick. So anyway, so you don't rock, you, so you don't rock up. You do not rock up to the RHS. Anyway, I plucked up courage and wrote, and they let me into the October show that year. And the, in those days, you had to get a silver before you were allowed to sell plants. So you just had to... In 
I asked you if you were coming in, if you'd kindly be quiet. So what happened was I did the stand and this lovely little lady came up. She was shorter than me. I'm short. Um, she was shorter than me. And I didn't have to open the door. And she said, my name is Mavis Sweetingham. I'm the manager of Chelsea Flower Show. I said, who are you? Ooh. And she said, would you apply to, to exhibit at Chelsea Flower Show? And I said, oh, really? And she said, yes, please. So I said, hmm, okay. Now, remember, no mobile phones, no way of contacting home, and all the rest of it. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Uh, the children. What do I do with the children? Because, you know, so you have to go away. Of course. And so I managed to get to a call box and ring, ring my husband. And I said, you don't say no to Mavis. <laughs> um, so we didn't say no. So we did apply and we got in. So in 1993, I did my first Chelsea Flower Show. Um, I borrowed my neighbour's horse box. And off we went. Oh, lovely. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we didn't know the... Well, we read the rules, so we thought we knew the rules. But we didn't actually know the rules that you had to be finished on the Sunday by Sunday so that the pensioners and their family could come in, which they yes. could in those days, and go around. So there was I still building. Because <laughs> I was new, the BBC thought, oh, somebody new will go and record them. I was still building. And I had to be finished. By... <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot to say. And I was living in a caravan and parked in Battersea Car Park. Oh. And um, so, yeah, camping, because I couldn't afford the prices of London. Um, and, oh, oh, anyway, to cut a long story short, it was a huge success. I didn't get God, I got Silver Gill, which was amazing, absolutely yes. speechlessly amazing. Yes. And 1992, from 1993, from there on, I exhibited right up to 2009. Wow. And I quit in 2009 with my... 14th gold medal and my, at Chelsea and the Lawrence medal. We were given the best in show for that year. Well, that's a high to well, go out on, isn't it? It was a real high, yeah. How lovely. So, so, so Chelsea was wonderful because then people knew of this tiny nursery of, in of the course. West Country. Sure. Yeah. Now, what about favourite herbs? So you're growing hundreds of these things. You've been doing it for, you know, a, a long time now. What, have you got sort of a, a couple that you just your go-to and you think, do you know what, I don't know, what, clearly coriander's not going to be in there, right? No, <laughs> coriander's on. not in there. I think the ones and I why? use the most, the ones that I use the most are rosemary. Mm -hmm. I, I, okay, I'm a huge fan of the Lamiaceae family. Okay. Uh, the Lamiaceae family is the mint family. And everything in that family, in the culinary sense, I use and I use a lot. Mm -hmm. So that is mint, rosemary, thyme, basil, sage, oregano, stroke marjoram. Um, they're all the same family. They're all cousins. And actually, when you stop to taste, you can actually taste the others. If you, if you were to taste a, a basil leaf now, Yes. you would get the hint of mint. Huh. When you taste some of my mints, you get the hint of, of, of basil. Yes. And it's absolutely fascinating. And when you look at the history and how they were used and what they were used for, it's amazing. But rosemary, rosemary, if you think about it, you can use it all year round. What a generous plant. Yes, Same as yeah, time. That's true. But, yeah. but rosemary is even more generous because you can make a tea from it. 
when it gets my age, you need that tea because it helps your front end memory. And, uh, you know, it really has been scientifically proven to help your memory. So if you're doing exams, always have a cup of rosemary tea beforehand. You only need a sprig, three centimetres long, bung it in a mug, add boiled, not boiling, water, yeah. cover, leave it stand for five minutes, strain and drink. should never drink anything red hot. It should be tepid. And that's really good for you. It's also a very good cure for a hangover. For those that, um, well, it does. It clears the head and settles the stomach. Sure. There is a downside. You will remember what you did. <laughs> sage advice there, Jack. Sage advice, or rosemary advice, perhaps. <laughs> um, so, so I wanted to pick up on the habitum. Um, or, or How do you pronounce that? Is that correct? Habitum? It is a herbitum. Well, you've habitum. heard of an arboretum. You've heard have, of an arboretum. Yeah. Have you heard of a pineetum? I have. Okay. Have you heard of a rose eaten? No, but I'm guessing, I'm seeing the pattern. <laughs> You're seeing the pattern? Okay. I was sitting in a meeting and I was looking around the room. One gentleman had a pine eaten. One gentleman had an arboretum. <laughs> Another one has the National Collection of Galanthus. And I thought, I have a herb farm. Doesn't sound as sexy. So I was so <laughs> bored, I looked up what eaten means. And eaten means a collection of. So I have a herb collection. So it's you a herb eaten. <laughs> I love the simplicity of it. So I, I had so many things I wanted to talk to you about. I could sense already this was a stupid thing to suggest that 25 minutes was the thing to do. I could talk to you for hours about this because I think one of the biggest things, um, certainly, <coughs> excuse me, is I want to talk about why you think people fell out of love with herbs. <coughs> excuse me. And, oh, well, and actually you, you mean, can see that with nature as well. Oh, listen, they fell out of herbs. Um, there were lots of reasons. My parents used herbs because they, it was to make food go further. Yeah? Mm. That was what, that's how they did it. And they didn't... In, in as much, sorry, about, Jekka, let me just pause there. So in as much as what you mean by that is that you can cook something very simple, but by adding different herbs, it changes how it tastes and therefore you can prolong that one small exactly. meal. Exactly. Is that what you mean? Exactly yeah. that. Okay. Then um, people started having ready meals. Mm -hmm. You could go to the... Su the supermarket was invented. You could go to the supermarket, you could get your quiche already made. Yeah. You could get Vesta. Shows my age. Um, <laughs> you know, do you understand? And yeah, sure. people were having food given to them. So they yes, didn't yeah. need to have herbs. They didn't need to know the history of them. They didn't need them. They, mm. they were only used by the chefs or, as we were called, the brown rice brigade. We would always <laughs> use them. And then what happened was people went on holidays and they went and had pizza. What was that herb on the pizza? Then mm. they discovered that, you know, that was marjoram and, and so on. So people started tra traveling, excuse me, and they discovered that you could actually have these tastes and they were the herbs. What was yeah. that we ate? You know, and so on. Then Indian cooking came into fashion and the herbs in that. And slowly but surely, and the chefs got into television big time. Total star, Jamie Oliver, you know, he did so much for herbs. He just... I am lobbing a handful of this and a handful of yes. that. And, you know, he transformed how people cooked. But basically, ready foods, ready meals killed herbs. 
lockdown has totally changed it again. Even though people mm. were having ready meals uh, given, people suddenly had the time to cook. Yes. People had the time to actually garden. Even if they've only got a windowsill, they were growing herbs on the windowsill. People had time. And lockdown has been the best thing for plants, for nature, for this planet. Because it's made people wake up to the fact we live a stupid life. Yeah. We do not appreciate the wonders of nature around us. I mean, today I was out on the nursery and the lock went up. Lovely. And I stood transfixed for must have been a good seven minutes while it sung its heart out. Yeah. Now, to be able to have that seven minute of joy, you know, we, we really have lost the connection with who we are and our place on this planet. We've also lost the connection we are part of the chain. I'm yeah. really anti-GM crops because I don't believe that you should break nature's chain. Yeah. And every time I hear of a species dying, an insect dying and no, becoming extinct, I worry because mm -hmm. we're part of that chain. Every time I hear of people moving uh, the bees around to get the pollen, yes, yeah. I worry because that's, uh, you know, it's so disjointing for the bees. And sure, we keep busy. Sure. I've always been organic right from the word go and I've been virtually peat free for the past 35 years the door's sure. in the wrong position again so <laughs> you, you see it is so it is so I think now people are last appreciating what what the simplicity of, of herbs and the fact that they are nature's chemist they are yes. you can uh, that's the other thing that's happened because you can't see a doctor anymore <laughs> so you've got to be able to uh, listen to your body and understand what it needs so if you've got a headache instead of taking a painkiller for it why have you got a headache have you been on the screen too long yeah. have you drunk enough water take five have a cup of tea and you know, just see if that loosens the headache. Yes, yeah. You know, we, everything was, has been the quick fix. So that is what lockdown and everything has taught us, is to slow down. Sure. In, oh, in, every, in every sense of the word. I, um, you're preaching to the to the choir here. This is this is joyful to hear. Um, in within the context of of uh, of herbs, um, we're coming towards the end of the time that <clears throat> I promised you we would we'd spend on this. So I, I wanted to before I've got a quick fire question round that uh, you're either yeah. going to love or hate. Uh, <laughs> Most probably hate because I don't think quickly, and another dog's come in now, and it's oh lovely. Steady. The more dogs, the better. Um, so the last thing I just wanted to ask about was, um, why uh, why should our listeners grow herbs, and what could they do with them? And I appreciate that you know you were looking at, I guess, forty years worth of experience of of growing and, and working with herbs and you've written several books and it's not just about culinary uses there's sort of medicinal and, and traditional sort of herbalistic approaches to the use of herbs so I appreciate this question is huge and the answer is bigger even still 
but sort of succinctly, if we could whet the appetite of the people listening. Well, okay. Why you should grow herbs. They look good, they smell good, and they do you good. Hmm. That's a great answer. <laughs> and, and what are the sort of things that we could do with them? What sort of, if we could Well, the great thing people. about herbs is if you let them flower, they'll entrap yes. pollinators. 90% of the herbs, being the Lamiaceae family, are really benef- beneficial to the um, pollinators. If, you, if they're an edible herb, like sage, thyme and rosemary, eat the flowers. You'll be stunned at the flavour. Um, adding any herb to a dish will transform it. Mm. It will make it feast. If you think of it like um, an or- all my herbs as an orchestra, Okay, and I'm the conductor. Then I would say just adding a basil, fresh basil torn up over a salad. Zing. Do you see? It really does. You just don't need much, but it really can lift it. And it lifts your spirits if it smells good. If something smells good, it lifts your spirits. You go, ah, if it smells bad, you go, "Mm," and you don't like it. If, if you if you if you can smell food as you're walking to the house, your mouth starts to water. Yeah. And you have whetted your appetite. That old sailing saying is so important because that is the first part of good digestion. What are your top um herbs for winter growing, Jacka? Because we have a have a small herb garden here, and that's my only. That's the genuinely the one thing that makes me a little bit sad at the end of the season is that you know a lot of those herbs die back. Uh, and well, it's I only make the... vinegars, make vinegars, uh, okay. and then you can use the vinegar, and that's so easy. You just bung the herb into white wine vinegar. Yeah, and walk yeah, absolutely. Away. Um, but in terms of pots and keeping them look gorgeous, okay, obviously rosemary well, great... is a great shower, isn't it? Well, rosemary, thyme are great through the winter. Yes, mint yeah. is so easy to force for winter use. Okay. So easy. Um, you literally dig up some roots in November, um, put them in a pot, put them on your kitchen windowsill, and you'll have fresh mint. I should yeah, do it in sure. October. It's yeah. better. Um, um, what, what else do I have? Th- and I have oregano. If you cut oregano back after flowering, you'll have oregano to pick and marjoram to pick through the winter as well. I didn't know that, whereas I was obviously been cutting mine at a different time because it just sits there as twigs for most of winter. It was exactly what you want. So, so, so cut it back after flowering and you'll have a second crop of leaf. Oh, joyful. It was worth speaking to you if only for <laughs> Thanks <that>. very much. <laughs> <laughs> right. So listen, let's do our quick five questions because you've got two dogs demanding your attention and quite rightly so. Uh, and they're much more important than I am. So are you ready for my five quick five questions? Yeah. It's technically only four because I think I know the answer to the first one. Uh, question number one, dogs or cats? Dogs. <laughs> Perfect. You've gone into our Hall of Fame already. Uh, question two, rosemary or thyme? You can only pick one. Rosemary. Ooh, rosemary. Great. Uh, number three, you can have one garden tool. What would it be? A hurry, hurry. Oh, my word. Me too. I've lost so many, though. <laughs> I put them down oh. and then I can't find them. Uh, my hurry, hurry is, is, is amazing, but also my snips. But you asked me for a tool. Only I one. Class yeah. my, I don't class my snips as a tool. Ah, okay. Um, number four, skiing or trekking? Skiing. Oh, I met my so you like skiing. I oh, adorable. Skiing. <laughs> it's 
is like a, a beautiful love story, this whole interview. Um, uh, so you prefer, prefer the cold. And uh, number five, British cuisine or international cuisine? And this, the reason I asked this was more to do with the sort of loaded herb use question. Um, I come from a European family, European cuisine. Oh, where is the where is Jekka from, by the way? It's such an unusual but very pretty name. <laughs> it's a nickname, Dollop. Oh, <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> well, listen, Jekka, it has been lovely. And sincerely, I cannot believe how quickly this has gone. And I could talk to you for hours. And I'm sure we were going to get you. loads well, I've, of I've, requests. I'm afraid, I'm afraid I, I've rum, rum, rumbled around your questions a bit. No, so I do apologise. It was delightful. Now, if people would like to find more... About about you or maybe order their own herbs or come visit or just hear your it's lovely voice Je- a bit more where easy. can we find you it's very easy jekas.com and do you partake on social media as well yeah oh yeah I, I'm, I'm pretty did, did Alistair tell you um, oh, no. I, 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 I do the Instagram <laughs> okay that's me it's all okay. my photographs um, so um, I do um Instagram, which is Jekka's Herb Farm. Yep. And I do an Instagram, which is Jekka's. I mean, me. I've got my yes. own as well. Yep. But yep. I don't I do not do it that often. Um, okay. And we obviously do Facebook. I, d- I occasionally do Twitter, but not much. Perfect. But I'm, so I'm an Instagram person. Instagram is really Jekka. good because it shows you the photographs and I'll give you a little bit of history of the plant and why it's there and so on. How lovely. Jekka, it's been a joy and a pleasure. Thank you so well, much thank, for spending time much. today with me. I knew she'd be a dog person. I mean, apart from her obvious, just utter brilliance, I'm so pleased she's a dog person. And I'm so pleased they came to the interview as well. How hilarious was that? (laughs) Little scruffling at the door. Uh, And bless her, she was so apologetic. I was like, oh, really? Like, mine's here, like, snoring away in the background. (laughs) The more dogs, the better. Um, But isn't that lovely? I love the fact that her two favourites, you know, my quick fire questions, Rosemary or Time, both of those are her favourites. But Rosemary, I mean, who have you ever had Rosemary tea? I never even heard of Rosemary tea. No, exactly. I've had Rosemary and gin. That I very much recommend. (laughs) Gin and tonic with a little piece of rosemary in it. Or bay. Delicious. Gorgeous. But tea, no. I'm going to try it now, though. I love that idea. So, so simple. Just um, Now, that would be a good thing if people are on our Instagram, which is at Roots Wings Podcast, which has become our kind of virtual post bag. And, yeah, if you've got ideas for what you can make into tea or, even better, um, herbs you can use in gin and tonic or other cocktails... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> please let us know and then um we've been doing some instagram lives where we hop on and answer questions anyone's got about herbs or things like that or yes. um maybe i can uh, cook some of the well cocktail up some of the dishes that people the drinks that people suggest i love that we could do a cocktail week oh my word now that we're in the summer based <laughs> on a herb based cocktail week let's do it it's happening. We're at Roots Wings Podcast. We'll just be drunken idiots if you don't come and join us. So We're <laughs> so at Podcast Roots Wings and Instagram. It would be are. hilarious to watch either way, but please come and join us and, and let us know. We could your line all the herbs. cocktails up and do them in one go on the Sunday of the end of that week in, a, in an Instagram live. 
Good. I don't drink, so one of those and I'm down. I'm done. You'll have to take on from where I live. Oh, heavens. It's going to be um, fun. We'll see you there. <laughs> so I, I loved interviewing um, Jacket and I particularly liked her sort of freedom with herbs. That's what I really liked. You know, she just grows all these different herbs. Um, and you can go, you know, you can go visit the Herbitum. She's got master classes and you can visit the farm. And so definitely worth check it, uh, checking out. It's Jekkers, J-E-K-K-A-S.com. It's a real, real lovely resource, that website. And she has a, a new thing called a Jekopedia, um, which is her family tapping into her knowledge of herbs. And you can go and search for herbs and it tells you, you know, um, uh, what your uh, what to do with the herbs and how to plant them and all that kind of all of her knowledge and the one thing I took away which I started the weekend uh, after I interviewed Jekka was I propagated a ton more rosemary and sage and thyme so that I would have winter herbs because an awful lot of the herbs die down at winter and they're just sort of boring but of course rosemary and thyme and that little tip she gave with marjoram as well cutting it back after it flowers so Genius. that you get a second flush all throughout the the winter means that my herb patch is going to look a lot less bare this year brilliant all we're all better people for having had that interview i think listen to that interview aren't we? we and are. better veg growers as a result now um, talking of veg Kathy. yes well i, like I was going you're to say sort of trying to gloss over this next little bit yeah it's veg of the week isn't it <laughs> now the other week, I gave you a carrot, and I thought that was going to be a bit boring, uh, and I was concerned, and, and actually encouraging for you to make it more interesting, because carrots are a bit boring, let's not, be, mm-hmm. let's not lie, and you did, and I thought, hmm, what else is there that's a bit limp, and you know where this is going? I dread to think. <laughs> the, the vegetable of the week, Kathy, is the lettuce. Oh, great. The most boring of vegetables that is slung in between two pieces of bread with a bit of cheese, salad cream and a tomato. And then what? Hmm? Oh, I'm so glad you've picked lettuces. So No, you're not. If you aren't um, on board with this chaos that happens every week on our podcast, <sighs> um, I'll explain briefly that Jez comes up with a vegetable that I, d- have, I don't know about and then I have to recommend some ways of cooking with it. And I'm really glad you've picked uh, lettuces because it oh. is, this is such I a cheap plug. I catch you out. No, never. This is one of the <sighs> chapters in my cookbook. A whole You've got chapter. A I didn't. Didn't I mention? Oh no! <laughs> you should it's, have said. It's called Jez. Let me tell you from the Veg Patch. Ten favorite vegetables. A hundred simple recipes everyone will love. And ten of those recipes are dedicated in the uh, lettuce and leaves chapter. You are kidding. You can see here now. Okay, so can I, before you go on, can I say that genuinely, I've not seen a copy of the book yet. I thought I'd just layer that in again. Um, I have pre-ordered a copy. You'd think you'd get a free one, apparently not. Uh, But it's okay, it's fine. Uh, I'll charge you for the T-shirt when I send it. Uh, But but I didn't know that. So I'm delighted that you've already come prepared. Tell us more. So I won't tell you about the charred lettuce and blue cheese sauce or the lettuce and leek (gasps) gratin. Or, Charred lettuce mm, and blue cheese sauce. That sounds delicious. Or the frise walnut and roast grape salad with garlic croutons. I will mm. instead turn to the end where I do this thing called more ways with 
whichever vegetable we're talking about. And they're kind of quick pairings and assemblies and flavour combinations that you might not have thought of or that are useful to refer to when you've got a slightly limp lettuce in the fridge that needs eating up. So let's think. My favourite one is... can't get charred lettuce out of my head now. That's amazing. It's a cracker. Um, you need it needs to be a hearted lettuce, like a cos or a little gem. Cut it okay, in half. Not pick again leaves. Yeah, exactly. Sorts of... Like a a nice hearted <laughs> solid one. Yeah. Cut it in half so it's still all together. Brush yeah. it with oil and whack it on a griddle, or better still, a barbecue. And it just oh chars gosh. around the outside, which brings out all that bitterness, that lord, that yeah, that lovely bitterness to it, and then. Um, the inside is still really crisp and lovely. Oh, my Delicious. word. Once you've done that, I would recommend um, prawns, lettuce and prawns. Prawn cocktail, always go back to the classics because oh, they're always a, my favorite. a good direction for flavour combos. So um, prawn cocktail is always a winner. But then once you've done that, you can also find nice leaves of lettuce, um, quite sturdy ones, and then put some cooked um, prawns with a bit of chilli dipping sauce and some chopped raw vegetables and stuff and then roll them up as if it was a spring roll, only not. Um, And then dunk them in some more, or some like uh, spicy mayo or something like that. I went to a Thai restaurant once and they had that whole lettuce used as a wrap thing. Mm. I thought it was ingenious. I'd forgotten about that. It's messy. You'll need napkins, but it's a lovely thing to do. So there you go. Thanks for that. Oh, I was worried about Mm. that. I thought I was losing sleep. I thought it was going to be a difficult veg of the week, but you're going to have to try harder. Thinking of a tricky one for next week then. Excellent. <laughs> I can't believe we're almost at the end already. These go so quick when we're having fun. Go so fast. Um, I'd like a Marley update. Your lovely dog. Before we go. Oh, well, so it's not a happy update. Oh, at the minute, I'm actually. sorry. Is he he's, no, sleepy? He's yeah. He's very. Um, his legs are very stiff and old. Oh. And I had the vet out the other day uh, just to see. I just wanted to make sure mm. that. There wasn't anything else untoward. Yeah. And to talk about sort of managing pain and, you know, I've never had a dog get that old without yeah, any... Yeah, sure. Because obviously the big dog um, I had to put down last year because of renal failure. But he yeah. was getting old anyway, so his legs were going. But there was a medical reason. And I've not had an old dog before that's just old. So it's a whole new thing for me. Um, so he had a lot of a prod and poking and obviously we were testing joints and all that kind of jazz. So he's, I think he's a bit sore today, but he's got he's just got this problem with his paw. Um, so the vet is coming out again today just to, for us to real look at this paw. So no real, I can't say the word, he can spell W-A-L-K-I-E-S. No adventures. No adventures, Reggie doesn't know that one. No adventures. <laughs> uh, uh, but a lot of pottering and a lot of sleeping and an awful lot of look at my big beautiful eyes with the little droopy white bit at the bottom and I'm very sad, and could I possibly just get a little closer and just have some attention and time where we can softly cuddle together, please? Always. I have a lot of time for that. I should say as well, (laughs) if you're watching on YouTube, what I love about this is that as as we're talking about dogs, we're both looking down under our desks (laughs) where our dogs are quietly (laughs) farting and snoring. Hadley's doing exactly the same. Hadley had a bath yesterday, so he's feeling pretty beaten up today as well. Do you bath them? uh, Do you bath Hadley regularly? A very 
infrequently okay. because I don't like to do Fox it poo? generally. But it was, yeah, it was fox poo and it was unbelievably muddy. And oh. I haven't done it for months and months and he hates it, but he stands like like crouches in the... Um, in the shower whilst I do it um, and and then he has a blow dry he loves that he's great with a hair dryer <laughs> oh then, he likes that bit oh yeah and then oh, he has oh, a biscuit cute. so all is right with the world um, all is okay and yeah. now I've done it I realise how grubby he was because he turns out to be quite a white dog Oh, but white we and have, brown. We not haven't brown known brown. that. Yeah, white and a bit brown, not just sort of dusty coloured. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> well, do you have? Does Hadley ever steal things from your veg patch like your uh, birds do? Never. Marley is a proper veg eater. Ah. So, my I, the other day I noticed that the purple sprouting broccoli, Stuart's purple, was coming through, and Stuart's purple is a variety. If you've not mm-hmm. known it, it's lovely. Uh, we were about to have a no, conversation about say, who Stuart was. What did I say? Sprouting broccoli? That's absolutely yeah. wrong. I didn't say that at all. Ignore that. Stuart's purple, um, the uh, we'll asparagus. Back to that. Thank asparagus. you. Asparagus. Okay. So the asparagus is all coming through. And I thought, oh, I'll cut that tomorrow. So I went to cut them and thought, I'm sure there were more. And then I can just see these little stumps poking out of the soil where he's gone, hump, I'll have that. Thanks very much. <laughs> um, yeah, he, you have to watch him because... If you're, if I'm doing stuff in the greenhouse, I'll see this little flash of black dart past, and as I lean to see, he's there's a big load of green bouncing from his mouth as he's sort of chundling down the path because he's ripped up a, I don't know, parsnip or a carrot or a, yeah. So I uh, love I that. A, I loved Marley a, before, and now I love him even more. <laughs> a little veg thief I have. Um, anyway, so yes, um, poorly, poorly Marley. So if you'd like to buy Marley a sympathy biscuit. Uh, you can do it at uh, coffee.com forward slash roots, ko-fi.com forward slash roots. And uh, I know he would very much appreciate that. His eyes are twitching and his legs are twitching. Aww. He's dreaming about probably, I don't know, a less painful place to be. Biscuits. And whilst <laughs> Biscuits, we're on the yeah. subject of where you can go to um, tell us what you think of the podcast, um, please, if you don't already, please subscribe. Um, yes. which people can do at iTunes or wherever they get their podcasts, can't they? And they can also mm. leave us reviews, which yes. are disproportionately important, I think. A, we love them and it's really helpful for us. Um, nice. But also it means that more people see the podcast. So if you've got a moment, yeah. to just click on it once you've listened to it and give it a rating and a few words. That would be yeah. very much welcome. I think it's useful for other people to see, but as you quite rightly say, it's nice for us to have somebody say, oh, that's nice. Uh, you're doing a great job. So that's nice. Isn't it? It's nice <laughs> Not that you're leading the witness in any way. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very easy just to click five stars and move on. So that's, you, know, you can do that. And <laughs> if you also want to chat to us, they can find us on Instagram as well, can you? Yeah, I like the Instagram thing. We've never done this before. And uh, I love what you're doing with the Instagram thing. Uh, it's nice to hear from people in a space just about the podcast. Uh, and there's some lovely chat on there as well. I like yeah. it when people chat. And we uh, and we manage it ourselves. We hop on there and answer questions and uh, every now and again do a little video. So. Exactly. And that's on at Roots Wings Podcast. So we'll it see is. you there. Should we say goodbye? Oh. Oh, oh. no, it does have a touch of the macabre about it, doesn't it? <laughs> say goodbye, Being... Jez. Being on the receiving end, it does sound a little terminal. Uh, mm. I mean, I only ever meant it politely, but I think you're... 
Well, that's why I wanted you to be on the receiving end of it for a change, and now you understand how scary it is. Well, um, goodbye, Kathy. Goodbye, Bye, Jen. Listeners. See you next week. Bye.